Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade. Uh, I did not see any new requests in the email, but I will renew my daily request that uh, you go ahead and send in intentions. I think I've given the sermon on intentions so many times at this point, I don't need to repeat myself, but it could be somebody's first uh, time listening to the Daily Decade and joining us in prayer. If this is your first time joining us in prayer, I want to welcome you with, with all my heart and uh, and pray that the, the rosary will be as rewarding a thing for you as it has been for me, as I, I hope that it has been for everyone who listens to this. And if you're coming back to listen again, I'm really glad to have you here in our little sort of informal fraternity, uh, informal confraternity, uh, doing the uh, praying a decade of the rosary every day together, and reflecting on our spiritual lives and trying to improve them. There's always room for our improvement. I want to pray, since I don't have any special intentions, I just want to pray for everybody who's uh, picking up the rosary for the first time, anybody who's returning to the rosary after a time. I was raised with the rosary, and I neglected it for most of my life, journeying in the desert. I have had the great blessing of rediscovering this devotion and rekindling or perhaps kindling for the first time a a deep and abiding love of the Blessed Virgin Mary, which is something I always struggled with. And if you're struggling with that devotion or struggling with any devotions, I hope that the rosary will be a gateway for you to rediscover your faith, to return to the church or enrich your spiritual and religious life with Christ and with his blessed mother through the rosary. I also encourage you that if you have any special intentions, the power of prayer is great and power, and it truly is a glorious thing. If you have intentions, we have people that are listening to this. We have uh, upwards of uh, uh, almost, I think I've almost got, almost got 200 people following on the Telegram channel and uh, I have not checked the statistics, so I don't know. And we, we did just make the shift from Spreaker over to Anchor.fm. And so I actually don't know how many people on a regular basis listen to the show. But we have quite a few. Even if it's just 10, that, that's, that's a lot of people to be joining in your intention. So I encourage you, go ahead and reach out. Daily Decade Requests at ProtonMail.com. That's Decade, D-E-C-A-D-E, requests in the plural, at ProtonMail.com. And if you have anything to say about the show, anything to say about a reflection, something that occurred to you, reading that you've been doing recently, I encourage you to go ahead and uh, send it all in. I'm, I'm very eager to hear your feedback. I also want to uh, plug a couple of uh, things I've seen recently that I'm a particular fan of. One of the things about the rosary and, tradi- and traditional uh, Christianity is a love of the ancient languages and there is a new group on telegram if you're one of our telegram followers i'll go ahead and share them again but there is a group that is dedicated to the study of ecclesiastical latin and they've been doing that's really a fantastic group i wish uh, we, i could participate uh, more fully in all of that we may actually do a little bit of that if I can rope some people in to do something for the WordPress site. We've made the move to Anchor.fm, which means we're going to be getting the WordPress site up and going. Uh, and if you have something to contribute, I would absolutely love to have it, get it published up there, and uh, you know, continue to 
expand, I hate that word apostolate, as though we're important enough, what I'm doing is important enough to have be an apostolate. You see all these websites crop up all over the place, they have a, our apostolate. Apostolate, you're, you're, you're two people with a computer and a website, you don't have an apostolate. Society of St. Pius X has an apostolate. <laughs> Those of us who are online doing these little religious things, we don't have apostolates, we have hobbies. That's what this is. But I hope that my hobby is beneficial to all of you. Uh, and I hope that you uh, will participate more fully in it if you can, and if you have a desire to, as we get the WordPress site up and going and start publishing some reflections and articles and that sort of thing. Join in the general uh, catholosphere of the Internet. Now, all that having been said, got the housekeeping out of the way, mentioned the uh, the web, the uh, upcoming website, the fact we're on Anchor, the email address. I think I've done everything I need to do. And so I want to turn us all to prayer now. And uh, for today, we'll just pray for all of us as we begin the season of Advent, the battles that we will inevitably fight during this time, the battles which I know many of us are emerging from, anyone who participated in uh, the November, the chastity challenge no not november whatever you call it uh for the month of november i pray for all of you those of you who have fallen and those of you who have remained steady uh, for the strength and for a greater connection with your holy guardian angel who plays a tremendous role in helping you to overcome all of your sins not just the sins of the flesh but all of your sins and the demons that afflict you demons that afflict all of us. So, I pray for all of us in battle today. In nomine Patris Ophidia, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panum nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et dimidi nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos diminimus debitoribus nostris. Et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. 
Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patria, Fidio et Spiritui Sancto, Sicurerat Principio, et nunc et semper et secula seculorum. Amen. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordia, vita docedo et spes nostri, salve. A te clamamus, exulis filia evi, a te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hac lacrimarum vale. Ea ergo, advocata nostra, illos tuos misericordes oculos ad nos converte, et Jesum beatum fructum ventris tui nobis postoc exilium ostende. Clemens, o pia, o dulce perumuria. Ora pro nobis, sancta Dei genetrix, ut dignis officiamur permissionibus Christi. Aremus. Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace to our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. For all of us in struggles and in battle, St. Michael the Archangel defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. I suppose I've really got to memorize the... There is actually, of course, a Latin form of that pour forth uh, that grace into our hearts, that, that, that prayer. And, uh, of course, the Sancti Michele Arcangeli Defendinus in Proelo. I suppose I've really got to get those solid and memorized, both of them, and confident with them, so I can do the whole thing in Latin at some point. We can all pray together in the ancient tongue of the church, keep the traditions. That's a very important thing, to maintain the traditions. And a lot of the reflections that I uh, mention and talk about here are mention the traditions and keeping them, being faithful to our ancestors, being faithful to our forefathers and faith. Because at some point, 
all of us have that blessing. At some point, one of our ancestors, we can be very proud, one of our ancestors accepted Jesus Christ and the whole Trinity and the teaching of the Roman Catholic Church, uh, of, the, of the ancient Christian Church and its uh, Episcopal authority, they accepted that and they came to salvation because of it. Every single one of us, by virtue of belonging to a lineage in which there have been Christians from the very earliest centuries of, of this age, all of us can be assured that we have at least one saint in our family. Now, they may not be a canonized saint, but we can all be assured that as a result of the faithfulness of conversion, somewhere in our family tree, there is a member of the church triumphant standing before the throne of God. That should be very reassuring to us. Now, of course, there's probably quite a few damned people in your family tree as well. I know from my own part, coming as I do from uh, a partially northern European background that there are not a few Protestants in the mix there and these are not your that's not to say the Protestants are all damned, don't get me wrong I know there's a lot of Protestants that listen to this but um, there are members of my family tree in particular whom I know uh, deliberately and purposely spat in the face of Christian authority Uh, and that is a, a grave offense indeed whatever the theology one, uh, one draws to. Those, those first reformers, uh, many of them, uh, I can think of a few, Zwingli is, is one that comes to mind immediately, but he's not by and far the only one. Then there's all that messing uh, in Munster and everything that happened there. Uh, there's, there, were, <laughs> there were some very unsavory folks involved in all of that. And I happen to know that some members of my family tree happen to be that species of Protestant and uh, belong to a particularly unsavory class. And the best that you can do for those people is pray for them. But know that for as many people as you pray for in your family line, there is inevitably someone to whom you can, to whom you can pray. There's inevitably some saint, some unnamed saint, somewhere in your family lineage. And that should be not only reassuring, but strengthening. Of course, we have our patron saints, which we talked about yesterday, and, uh, and we have a, you know, a, a deep and ancestral attachment through our tribes, through our nations, to the ancient traditions of the church. And those traditions take on a lot of different forms, and I, I don't mean tradition necessarily in a theological sense, but rather those traditions, those practices and customs, pious customs, pious legends, that are passed on to us in the stre- to, the, to the purpose of strengthening our faith. I've talked a lot about this, and I, I don't know that I necessarily have a conclusion to this line of reflection, so much uh, as it's been something that's on my mind as, as we're coming into Advent. 
The arrival of Christ in the world is one which is meant to bring forth tremendous rejoicing because of the promises that it represents. Our ancestors, at some point, recognized those promises and hoped in them to such a degree that they were willing to expose themselves to tremendous dangers in their own time and showed tremendous bravery. If every one of us has a saint in our family, then to some degree or another, every one of us has a hero in our family at some point. A great and courageous hero whose virtue and whose courage encouraged him, or I suppose in many cases her, to stand up and to to risk the rejection of the broader, carnal, heathen society to which he belonged. Each of us has heroic blood in our veins, saintly blood in our veins. And that is something which, in times of despair and darkness, and especially in times of penance, which which Advent is, we must open our ears, our spiritual ears, to the cry of the blood that is within us, the blood of saints and martyrs, the blood of heroes, the blood of sinners, too. And hearing the call of this blood and answering that call, we rise to greater heights because we attain to what our ancestors, through their virtues, attained to. And in many ways, we face greater obstacles than they do, being in the, in the modern world, which is a necessarily persecuting world. But they too lived in a persecuting world. And in many ways, we have things easier than they do. In many ways, we have it harder. But our generation and the people that live now, in this day and age, face challenges that are as unique to them and as in accordance with the will of God as any generation that has preceded us. And if the generations that have preceded us have succeeded or have failed according to the estimation of the Lord God Almighty, then the challenge to us is no less. We can be saints. We can be heroes. Because we carry the blood of saints and heroes in our veins. We can pray for our family. I do at the beginning of every rosary. For the repose of the souls of these and all my children's ancestors. Inevitably, some of them will be saints. and They don't need those prayers. Inevitably, they'll, so many of them will not be and will desperately need those prayers. But we can continue the fight for them and join in this participation in the, in the long, in the, in the greater body of the church. When we neglect our ancestors and our families that have come before us, when we do not instill a sense of con- continuity and tradition in our children, what we are doing more than anything else 
is abandoning people to whom God has given us and people whom God has given to us. And in so doing, we are breaking with God and with God's will. And so it doesn't matter how fruitful one is as a Christian uh, in the world. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't matter how much you seem to live by Christian virtue. It doesn't matter how much you, uh, how, how many times you pray, how often you attend the Mass, how frequent your confession is. If you have neglected the prayers of your ancestors, if you have neglected the role that they play in your life, you have neglected a great obligation which God has placed on your shoulders, and you have abandoned people to whom you were given as a source of prayer and strength. For we must assume that many of those that have come before us are in purgatory or struggling against the, the demons uh, in their, in their uh, continued ascent. You know, as, as the... You have, you have that, uh, that battle takes place in eternity. When the soul leaves the body, there's a temporal quality to it, but there's an eternal quality to it as well. That's the expurgation. We were given to our ancestors. We are gifts to them to help them to escape the purgatorial fires, to speed up the process, or to bring honor to their names and their memories so that more may pray for them. When a poor soul is forgotten in purgatory, they have to serve out their sentence. They're just forgotten. They're suffering, which could be reduced because God has given them descendants like us, is not. That gift which God has given never reaches them. Because as much as we are the gift, we're also the vehicle for that gift, the gift of our prayers and our memories. The tending of graves, the remembrance, the, the keeping of family photographs, these, these are things which are good because they remind us of something better, which is strength of prayer for those that have gone before us. Any form of Christianity which rejects the family, and I don't just mean you know, we, we talk a lot about family values in America and American politics. Family values in American politics aren't actually family values because they're concerned with only the present. They don't think about the family. The family is not something that exists right here, right now. The family is something that has existed from the very beginning. It's all of your ancestors and all of your descendants that have not yet come to be and that have already passed by behind you. That is your family. You are given a family name. You bear that name. You bear Some of us bear multiple names of our ancestors. That's your family. Those are real family values. If you are a Christian, a true Christian, then you take provision for, the, for your own, especially those of your own house. That's what Timothy says. He who taketh no provision for, the, for his own, especially those of his own household, is, uh, has, has uh, forsaken the faith and is no better than an infidel. Abandoned the faith, I think is what, he, is what the translation actually says. And so any Christian 
that does not recognize the importance of continuity in an ancestral line, the keeping of both church tradition with the capital T, and there are there is much to that, and those customs and pious traditions of the family line, and the, furthermore the maintenance of, of continuity, true continuity without interruption, are neglecting an important obligation and an opportunity for sanctity. The prayers that you offer for the polar souls in purgatory have real concrete results for you because you are sacrificing for, in a small way for someone whom you do not truly know to a stranger, to someone who is, because they are a stranger, less than you in the hierarchy of your own heart and mind. And all of our ancestors have that because we are here, present now. There is a hierarchy that we are, that we are part of and we occupy a higher plane in many cases than those who we do not, in our own hearts, we occupy a higher plane than those whom we do not know. And so it is a greater sacrifice to give for someone whom you do not know than it is to give for someone whom you do know. And that sacrifice is very important. Now, the main difference, of course, is that you can love someone because you know your family. Um, someone who's a complete stranger halfway across the world, you can't actually feel any real love for that person. You may have some kind of simulated emotional sympathy, but it's not love because you don't know anything about them. They're, they're an abstraction to you. And we should strive that our ancestors should never be abstractions to us because they don't need to be. You can get all the cards you want. You can, quote, adopt uh, a, a particular, you know, one of the pagan babies, as they used to call them. You can you can have all of that. You can gather money for the pagan babies and do all of that sort of thing. But those people are will never be unless you go and travel there and inculcate a sense of that local people in with yourself. You'll never really know those people, and therefore you can't really love them. You can't love what you don't know. Uh, but our ancestors we can know because we are them our very flesh is made up of the same material that our, our ancestors were we have, a, we have a genetic line to which we belong and genetics is something that's created by God the, that whole DNA thing that, that descended that's something created by God God intended that to be the means whereby the human race fulfills the commandment to uh, be fruitful and to multiply. It's a fulfillment of God's commandment that a family line be formed. Because it's only through matrimony that such things are considered licit. And so because you are, to a small extent, your ancestors, you can know them, though you will never meet them in the flesh face to face in a way that you can never know that little postcard pagan baby that you've, quote, adopted when you were in high school, if you went to a Catholic high school. So know your family. Know your ancestors. Pray for them. Because the greater the connection that you have with them, the greater the continuity that you maintain with them, 
the more you will foster a growth in yourself of a greater family loyalty is the wrong word a, a greater belonging a greater rootedness a, a greater opportunity to give that's the first kind of almsgiving that I want that that I want us to think about as we go into that I'm I'm going to be thinking about as I go into Advent, and I would hope that all of you would as well. Now that's the first kind of almsgiving is the almsgiving to the dead, because we're coming out of November now, which was a period of prayer for the dead. Almsgiving is typically a material thing, but it does not mean that there is not a gift of alms in the prayers said for the dead. So let us begin there with those who are strangers to us but need not be with our ancestors and to have a greater awareness of those in our family line most in need of our prayers and those in our family line whose prayers can strengthen us and it is my prayer that each and every one of us should take advantage of the opportunity we have now to renew the faith in our families, to begin a new and more robust line of faith that remains unbroken, to strengthen the existing ties that we have to those that have come before us, to those who, being baptized and converting to Christ, began a journey of their descendants small nations born of the first converts as the nation of Israel was born of Abraham, as the whole church was born of Abraham. These other smaller nations that these first converts began when they became our ancestors, it is my prayer that we will draw closer to them and answer the call that is in our blood to maintain a connection with them that we might aid ancestor and descendant alike in coming before the throne of God in eternity and adding to and enjoying the glorification of his holiness in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost Amen